All right, it's 3.36 here on the afternoon of Wednesday, February the 3rd. Hope you're all having a good afternoon here so far. All right, major companies, including mining juggernaut Tech Resources, the world's largest aluminum maker, uh, Rio Tinto, Alkin, as well as natural gas processor West Coast Energy Incorporated, they all pay shockingly little for water that they take from British Columbia lakes, rivers, and streams. And a piece released today by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, indicates that for less than the cost of a pint of beer, the biggest, most polluting industries on the planet get to suck up the equivalent of an Olympic-sized swimming pool's worth of our water. A good example of this here right close to home as well is in Hope, where Nestle has been taking water out of the Kaukaua Lake for bottled water. And in 2016, after much pressure, primarily from residents of Hope, the province eventually instituted regulations requiring any company extracting clean drinking water to pay $2.25 per million liters of water. According to the activist group, the Council of Canadians, that $2.25 rate, though, is still low compared to other provinces. And let's be real, at the end of the day, sounds like a pretty incredible deal. The CCPA piece goes on to note that even of greater concern is that most industrial water users rarely, if ever, are required to meter and report their actual water use to the provincial regulator. To speak more on all of this, please to welcome to the show now policy analyst and author of this policy note, Ben Parfit. Ben, how are you today? I'm well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, and this is an issue I have been well aware of for quite some time, um, and, and one that, you know, I don't think many people really talk about a whole heck of a lot. So I guess just to start with, before we get into all the details throughout this note and, and all the work that went into it, I just wanted to ask, why is this something that you wanted to get into? Like I said, it's not something that's really top of mind for a lot of people. So what was it about this t- particular issue at this particular time? Well, I, I think my personal interest um, in this issue uh, really uh, traces to the fact that I've been spending a lot of work over the last many uh, years looking at the uh, uh, ex- explosive use of water in the uh, fracking industry in northeast BC. Uh, and that really has got me thinking about, you know, what the implications are for um, for water resources, uh, not only in the northeast of the province, but, but throughout the province. And uh, one of the things um, that I um, am, very, am very keen on in the work that I do is, is to, to have access to good, reliable data. And when I started to look into the, the uh, situation as far as water use data is uh, concerned in the province, um, you know, I, I was troubled to find out that um, major industries um, really are not required to, to uh, meter their water after they are authorized to, to um, uh, withdraw very, very significant volumes of water from our rivers, lakes, and streams. And um, I think that that should come as a surprise and uh, be of concern uh, to listeners. I mean, uh, think about it for a minute. Most people in the province, um, when they get their uh, uh, utility bills, um, uh, water bills, um, will see reflected in those bills um, an accounting of how much water they are actually using. Mm -hmm. Um, And in many communities in the province, um, the uh, amount of money that they pay for their water is tied directly to how much they use. Um, and there's, I think that that's a very, very important thing, right? That we understand that uh, water is not free, um, that we should not be taking its use for granted, and that the more of it we use, the more of it, uh, the more, the more we should pay. Um, but that's not happening with major industrial water users in the province. So w- what happens is. 
companies apply uh, for what are called water licenses. Uh, there is a maximum volume that is assigned to those uh, to those licenses, and the companies essentially pay for that maximum volume whether they use the water or not. But they do not have to meter. Uh, and because they do not have to meter and do not have to submit that information to any provincial authority, it really is anybody's guess as to whether or not they're using the volume, the maximum volume, whether they're underutilizing it or whether in some cases they're using more than they're entitled to. So, you know, the work that I've done, I think for me, the, the, the big issue here is that there isn't a metering requirement. Um, and major corporations uh, like the ones uh, that I discuss in this report, they have the, the, the dollars to install simple metering equipment, and it is not uh, a costly and onerous thing for that information to be transmitted uh, electronically to the provincial government um, and for us to be in a position um, to ensure that our water resources are being uh, properly monitored and looked after. So because it's so difficult then I guess to access that information or it's just not even readily available, right? There's no requirement to report how much water is being used to any provincial body. But yet you were able to come out with some information here and I'll just kind of read off a couple of the ones that you list off in this note here. But the, you know, um, West Coast Energy's Taylor Gas Plant uses about 34,000 Olympic swimming pools worth of water. Rio uh, Tinto Alkins Kitimat Aluminum Smelter using about 31,000 Olympic swimming pools worth of water. And uh, you got uh, Catalyst Papers Crofton Pulp Mill using about 21,000 Olympic swimming pools worth of water. So how did you kind of find that? Was that difficult to dig up, that type of information? Uh, it, it was a little bit of a slog, but not too bad. So um, listeners need to understand that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of licenses. So mm -hmm. what I was able to do was, was get a list of all of the licenses um, in, a, in a spreadsheet. Um, and then by... Uh, Organizing that sheet by uh, user type, um, I was then able to, to look uh, at and isolate different users. And then with a separate piece of information, which is what are called um, the rental fees or rental schedule, I could apply the rental fee per unit of water to the licensed volumes that these companies uh, were entitled to. So the numbers that um, are, are generated uh, in this report, you're not going to find in, in provincial records, um, at least not, not any that are publicly available. So that's, that's one of the new things that I kind of bring out with this, this work, is that if you look at the, the, the published rental rates, you look at the maximum volumes that, volumes that these companies are allowed to take under their licenses and apply the rental rates to those volumes, you come up with these numbers. We do know that if, if a company is entitled to take 200,000 cubic meters of water per year, um, that that is, in fact, what they pay for. Um, and that they pay based on whatever fee is uh, set by the provincial government for that particular kind of water use. So that's how I was able to generate the numbers. Um, but, you know, I think that it, it's a very odd and, and kind of troubling uh, situation where we're basically telling companies that they're entitled to take a maximum amount of water. We actually assess the fee based on that maximum, but we don't actually require them to report. Um, and I think why that is problematic is that, I mean, we all know uh, in this province that climate change is upon us. 
um, that it is having uh, a profound effect uh, on our lands and resources. Uh, the wildfires of, of a few years ago being a, a prime example of that. And those fires, by the way, have a, a very significant impact on, on water resources. So we know that water resources um, uh, are, are being threatened uh, in various ways as a result of climate change. We also know that companies in particular areas of the province are using more water and contemplating using even more in future years. And I think all of that um, really uh, should demand that we're keeping a very, very close eye on how much water is actually being withdrawn so that we can have a better sense of what is going on in various regions of the province and and adjust things accordingly if too much water is being taken. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you note that no industry paid more than $5.62 for each Olympic swimming pool's worth of water that they use. Now, you've talked a little bit about the difficult when it comes to access of information on this, and, and I think that that's a, a significant problem of itself, but when it comes to the actual water resources itself, what issues do you see that come, and, and I think you've touched on this a little bit already, but what issues really come with offering such mass volumes of water to companies for such low cost? Like, what are the major issues that come with that? Well, I, I think you, you, when, when, you, when you set a low rate and when you don't require <laughs> basic uh, accounting for, for what is going on, you, you create uh, 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 an environment in which people um, take that resource for granted and, and open up the possibility for uh, abuses occurring. Um, and I, I think we need to be concerned about that. In, in other work that I've done for the CCPA over the last few years, for example, um, you know, we've shown very clearly that there, there has been significant um, uh, infractions involving um, major violations of provincial laws. Uh, for example, the dam safety regulation in the province and the Water Act, when uh, companies involved in the fracking industry have built dozens and dozens of dams without obtaining the proper permits before they built those dams. Now, dams impound water. If you're, if you're building infrastructure and you're not, and you're not properly uh, uh, following the rules uh, in building the infrastructure, and in fact are not even telling the regulators what you're doing, I think it really uh, you know, opens up the question about whether or not um, water is, is being illegally impounded and diverted and not accounted for. Um, so that's just one example of, of, of a reason I think that we need to be concerned, uh, especially when the industry involved, the fracking industry, is poised potentially for a massive increase in the amount of water that it is going to be using should we see major LNG uh, facilities like the Canada LNG facility built in Kitimat. If that happens, there will be a tremendous increase in natural gas drilling, a tremendous increase in fracking, and a tremendous increase in the amount of water that is being used. All of that, I think, demands that we pay much closer attention to how much uh, water uh, major industries are using um, and, and uh, you know, require those companies to do the reporting that they should be doing. And then the other thing that this research, I think, points out is that there is one notable exception uh, to the rule uh, as far as uh, major industrial water use is concerned in this province, and that is the pulp and paper industry. 
The pulp and paper industry alone among major industries in the province actually does meter its water and is required to meter it. And the reason for that is that because the pulp and paper industry is such a large water user, there has been an understanding on the part of the industry and on the part of the regulator that uh, conservation uh, objectives are important. So what happens in that sector is the sector meters its water and if it is able to demonstrate that it has reached a certain level of water conservation it gets a lower to pay a lower rate on the uh, additional water that it uses but it has to hit the conservation benchmark first and the only way that we know that that benchmark is achieved is through metering and reporting of actual water use. Now, Ben, you you have uh, some recommendations here for the government in order to, you know, really help have a better understanding, I guess, of exactly what is going on when it comes to this issue in water use for major industrial companies. You talk about the metering and electronically filing their water usage, which, you know, still baffling to me that that is not something that would be taking place across the board. Um, and we've went over that issue quite a bit here. What are some other things that you think the government could be doing in order to protect the water, the watersheds that we have in our province? One of the things actually I really appreciated that you said here um, was direct a portion of all collected water revenues to comprehensive watersheds planning. I think that seems like a bit of a no-brainer, right? Let's take the money that we're getting from our water and put it back into the water uh, supply itself to make sure we're protecting it. What other steps can be taken by the government, do you think, to, to really protect the resource and make sure that it is being used in an appropriate way? Well, I think what you just um, outlined, that one recommendation is key, but uh, the way the, the thing that you then need to ask is, is how do you go about uh, funding that extra work? And, and I think it's a reasonable proposition, given the incredibly low uh, uh, fees that companies are paying for water, that we nominally, at the very least, increase those fees and that we simply take the additional revenues that are generated um, from those uh, increased rates and dedicate it to proper watershed planning. And um, I haven't reported out on it in, in this particular report, but will be in the future. We have another uh, critically important water resource in the province, which is groundwater. And groundwater is only coming into regulation now. Um, and it is, it is a critically important resource that we have to keep uh, our eyes on and pay attention to. So all of the recommendations uh, that I have in this report, uh, I feel strongly should apply equally to groundwater. Um, it's a very simple thing, and there is precedent um, in uh, other government programs for taking a portion of, of uh, fees and putting them into some kind of dedicated fund. And I think that that's the, the uh, easiest way um, for us to get um, more people employed at the provincial level to uh, assist communities in, and regions in proper watershed planning, but also to ensure um, through um, more rigorous monitoring and enforcement work that companies are following the rules. Ben, this is uh, an interesting report. Like I said, this is an issue I think that a lot of people are aware of but don't really think of very frequently. So I really appreciate that you put this out here, and I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about it here with me. Um, interesting stuff. I, I have my reservations whether we'll see any actual change come of this, but uh, I definitely think it's something that we all should be thinking about a little bit more. Water, of course, is our most valuable resource here, right? 
It, it certainly is, uh, Jeff. And you know, I do think. Um, well, uh, I, I hear your 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 pessimism and and share in that pessimism uh, to a certain extent. Um, it wasn't that long ago that the provincial government did uh, introduce uh, a new uh, and very important piece of legislation, the Water Sustainability Act. Um, and I think it's important for, for listeners to, to reflect on the fact that the previous government did do that. And I think that there was a, a very good intention with uh, the drafting and passing of that legislation to take things in a, in a new direction. And I think what we need to do is just um, hold the current government's feet to the fire on on, on trying to get them to move in the right direction as far as our water resources are concerned, because as you said, they really are um, uh, our most important uh, 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 of natural resources. Thank you so much for the time, Ben. I really appreciate this. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll catch up down the road and uh, really appreciate this piece. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That is Ben Parfit, policy analyst there with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, speaking to his policy note about water usage among major industrial companies here in the province of BC.